You're now tuning into the Who and How Club with your host, Eris Dejan. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Who and How Club, or shall I say, welcome back, actually. Uh, It is January 6th. I want to wish everyone a happy new year. Happy 2020. I hope your your new year has been great so far. I mean, I'm not sure if this whole new year thing means anything to you. Uh, I know a lot of people get into that zone, like new year, new me kind of thing. Um, Not sure how everyone spent their new years, but I hope you had a wonderful holiday christmas too um you know for me like i write things down on a weekly basis but i did spend new year's eve night just writing things down planning some things um you know just getting my thoughts and my feelings all in one all together you know what i'm saying and just writing things out so that i have a a clearer understanding of what i want the next few weeks or next few months to look like but i do this on a weekly basis anyway Um, And I ended up working on January 1st, actually. So, you know, not quite sure how all of you spent your New Year's, but I hope it was a safe one. And I just want to say welcome back to all the club members. Uh, We got a lot of updates, a lot of good news. Um, I hope you guys got a chance to listen to episode 17 where I made a a few announcements. Um, Please go back and listen because some really important information was in that episode. So for today, I'm not really talking to you guys. I actually have a guest on the show that I'm going to sort of input. The episode was already recorded and we filmed it as well. Uh, But I wanted to talk to everybody first and just, you know, start the new year off right. And I mean, it's January 6th. We're six days in. So I needed some time to collect myself before I talk to you guys and girls. Uh, But today you're going to have a chance to listen to an interview with someone that we had on the show who is playing a pretty key and important role uh, when it comes to the Who and How Club and the way our new year is starting um, or kicking off, let's say. Um, As I mentioned on the last episode, we have this new event coming or our first event of the new year, Who Are You Part 2. Now, Who Are You Part 1 was our launch party and we decided to bring back Who Are You Part 2, which is happening actually this Friday, January 10th. Uh, 2020. So if you're in the Toronto area and you want to come see what the podcast is all about, meet me, meet the people that I've worked with, meet some of the guests that we've had on the show, um, you know, show up to 211 Gary Avenue. I'm going to put the address in the, in the description. And if you go online at whohowclub.com uh, or at whohowclub on all social media or even follow me at only one heiress, you'll get to see the event uh, information. Um, and this Friday is just going to be a dope night. We're going to celebrate the success of the podcast, 18 episodes in. This would be the 18th episode, of course. Uh, we're going to celebrate the new year. We're going to have some music, some drinks, uh, some prizes. We'll probably do like a little raffle so that people could get some uh, Who and How Club merch. Um, you'll also get some products from one of our uh, brands that we're an ambassador for, uh, Goddess Glow. And... Uh, 
yeah, what else are we going to do? We're probably going to just dance the night away. We got a couple performance uh, performances as well for the night. And uh, you're just going to have to come out and just feel the vibe and feel the energy. You know what I mean? We're building this. And we got a lot of more, a lot more good news coming. Um, so for going back to today's interview uh, that you guys are going to get a chance to listen to, um, it's actually with the venue owner uh, of the venue that we're having the event at. His name is Jay. Uh, Jay Jolie. Uh, I mentioned him on previous uh, on the previous episode. So we pretty much like went to the venue and just had a conversation and got to know who Jay was and, you know, what what running events means to him and his background and his upbringing and what his outlooks on life are and art and, you know, the venue scene nowadays and, you know, comparing it and pretty much turning Gary Avenue into like the new downtown. You know what I mean? So I hope you guys enjoy uh get to know jay uh i recorded it off my phone app so i hope that the sound is is good enough for you guys to hear everything i'll make sure that the volumes are just right uh but connect with jay i've tagged him on my social media as well and you'll get a chance to meet him this friday uh as well so listen to the episode enjoy get to know jay the person who we've partnered up with to you know run this event and hopefully we'll be doing more events uh in the upcoming months uh, we know that this Friday will be a success, and we're just very grateful to everyone who have uh, continuously supported the uh, Who and How Club. Um, I mean, this is a dream of mine come true. I brought an idea uh, to life, and I didn't do it on my own. And I want to thank everybody who has some, who has had, uh, or who have had some sort of involvement, and uh, you, the listeners who keep supporting and promoting the show and the podcast and reading the blog posts and everything like that. Um, so, again, for all the event details, go on our uh, social media, Who How Club at Only One Eris or WhoHowClub.com and invite all your friends. Come uh, celebrate with us, take some photos and just meet and let's vibe out. Let's start the new year off right. All right. Enjoy the interview, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Actually, sorry. I hate to use the word interview. It's really just a conversation. <laughs> you guys know how I do. It's just a conversation. Just meeting people, standing, sitting, just talking, getting to know who they are. Even if I don't know half of the things that they're saying, I provide the space uh, for them to talk and for you as the listener to get to know them. And uh, sometimes I got to go and listen back and realize, like, you know what? I actually learned something new in that conversation. And I take a lot away from the conversations that I have with people, um, even if the experiences aren't as direct. You know, we're getting to know these people and their lives and how they see things and what they've seen and the knowledge that they have. And just, you know, keeping the circle going and sharing the sharing of knowledge, the sharing of life and love and perspectives. So uh, Jolie, Jay, sorry, <laughs> dropped a, a, a lot of gems on this episode. So I hope you all catch it. All right. Talk to you soon. Later. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Who and How Club. It's your boy, Eris Dejan, checking in again. This is episode 18, and I want to say thank you to everybody continuously supporting the movement. I hope everyone has had a uh, happy holiday, however you chose to celebrate it. hope everyone was safe. Um, we're not off for the holidays. We're still having conversations. We're still getting to know people. We're still celebrating. It isn't the new year yet, so we got some things to wrap up on. And you guys are tuning in, listening 
being flies on the wall, being, you know, little folks in the corner just listening, being privy to this information that I'm sharing with all of you. I invite people onto the show to just get to know who they are. I'm connected to them in some form or fashion, but also I'm having strangers on the show, people I don't even know whatsoever, and just getting to know them, just sharing information and experiences. So once again, shout out to everybody tuning in. Episode 18, uh, touch base with the club at Who How Club on all social media platforms. WhoHowClub.com is the website. And of course, you follow your host at Only One Eris, uh, who is me. And we're going to just get this started. Today, I have a special guest on the show. Um, He's a gentleman that I met about a month and change ago. Uh, I think it's about a, it's been about a month uh, and change. Uh, I was in his venue attending an event, and uh, he kind of stuck out to me out of all the people. Not only him being behind the bar kind of stuck out to me, but just him as, a, as an individual, his hairstyle, what he was wearing, how he moved. I wanted to connect with him. So I had a conversation with him, told him what I did, told him about the club, the who and how club that is and uh said hey let's do some events and he gave me his contact we were back and forth on text and email and fast forward to today we're here having a conversation with him so i want to bring mr jolly onto the show jolly and jolly's good or jolly 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 jolly, jolly. right how you doing today sir i'm doing excellent very relaxed Having a big event tonight. Yes. Uh, more uh, electronic, live electronica and some DJs. Yes. It's going to be, you know, I think very festive. I'm yes. hoping there's going to be a few, uh, you know, holiday jingles. Some mistletoes being hung right now, I can see. So we're going gonna, we're gonna, to we're gonna get into how unique of an individual you really are. But first, I want to say thank you for having me. Thank you for allowing us to do this and we could cheers to cheers, that. Cheers. Cheers right. to you and your we, health. Thank Sante, you. as we say. <laughs> <I> saw- <laughs> Um, we're drinking out the Who and How Club ju- uh, mugs today, just uh, celebrating. My mug obviously has something non-alcoholic. Uh, we don't know your life. <laughs> but we're enjoying. We're drinking and we're just having fun and we're going to talk. Um, I do speak a little bit of French. I actually went to French school growing up for so five parfait. years. Parfait. So I know I'm, I'm very familiar. I understand it more than I can respond sometimes because I'm just I'm actually in French class now refreshing up because after French school I never had French friends to practice with so I've kind of lost some of my French but maybe talk talk about your background are you from like where are you from um where am I from so if you look you know what is my heritage I guess is uh you know I um my mother's side is English and my French side is, or my dad's side is French or French Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Jolie, ça non français. So, right. it's not a lot of say people say Jay Jolly, like, oh, you're very happy. It's Jolly, like, yeah. There's no, no double L though. It's no, I'm very L. pretty. Yeah, yeah. It's very different. Jolie, Jolie. Jolie. Really? So, I'm, I'm very pretty. Um, <laughs> evidently. You guys will see uh, that but, on, uh, the, uh, on the footage. Yeah. For sure. So, um, so, you know, um, in terms of where I'm from, um, I guess unique. Uh, but not unique to, you know, everybody. My father was in uh, Canadian Armed Forces. I was born on a Canadian Army base in the mm. former West Germany during mm. the Cold War. Mm. It's called Baden-Baden, West Germany. Baden-Baden. Now it's just Germany, as you know. Uh, but my original birth certificate said I was born in West Germany, so mm. product of its time. Um, and I kind of I moved around every two years uh, while I was growing up. I have lived in La Belle Province, Montreal, right, Ottawa, right. Calgary a few times. I lived in Europe three different times in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, I have family in Sudbury, which is my dad's side of the family, and I have family in uh, mostly Victoria, uh, in British Columbia, which is my mom's side of the family, and that's actually where my 
mom and dad met 50 mm. years ago mm. and got married. So, and I'll be going back there on the first, okay, back to so, the West Coast. Okay, and um, when I mean for me, like when when speaking French, like I love French. I yeah. love like my mom taught us French at a young age, and I was like, I hated it because I was like, Mom, why are you forcing this on us, my sisters and I? You know, but in in retrospect, it was very beneficial having two languages, especially being from Canada. I feel like I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like everyone should know French, which is the, you know, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like I, everyone I think, should? Well, French or whatever, you know, people decide what the Can- what Canadian Can- their Canadian heritage or mm. Canadian heritage means to them. You know, mm. I think you know, if you lived on the West Coast, it's probably more Mandarin Cantonese you mm. as a second language because it is kind of like a new Pacific Rim out there. Yes, you know, a lot of people would say, well, if you're going to learn something, maybe you should learn an indigenous language, like uh, first First yes, Nations true, language. True, um, true. If you really wanted to, you know, pay tribute, um, uh, I think any any. I think at a very, like, my parents put me in it in, like, senior kindergarten, and I was in French immersion until well, yes. well into high school before I went to university. So, for me, I think uh, it's like learning a musical instrument. I think it programs your brain differently, in my yes. opinion. Yes. So, I think the, the value of the language isn't necessarily the language you choose to use, but the fact that at a very young age, while well, you're still a sponge, that you're exposed Soaking to this, on, yeah. this learning, uh, especially an immersive kind of learning, yes. where you're kind of forced to read, write, eat and shit French kind of yes, thing yes yes um, I think you told me you had children correct but yeah, first I time you have yeah, one yeah, so I is him knowing French or learning French important to you as a as a father uh, I, uh, well he's he's doing a little bit of French now um, but uh, yeah no I think like I said it's like as much as learning a, a, a music instrument I think you know he is French made a lot of sense he wanted to learn French but I think, you know, if he chose to do Spanish or Swahili, I'd be just <laughs> as happy with that. Yes. You know, uh, I think I think they all, would be all valuable. My thing is I wish I could, you know, be a little stronger. On a, like, I know a few romantic languages, just enough to be dangerous, like Spanish and Italian. I wish yes. Yes. I could speak a little more um, fluently in those, both of those. Yes. Um, the other one is, you know, I lived in... Germany for a significant amount of time, but I really can't speak German. It's a very different whole muscle group in your yes. in your language yeah, brain. I can only imagine. I don't. Um, it's a very you know. I want to learn Spanish after French once I perfect yeah. my French once again, and then Spanish. Hopefully, do some. I'm half Italian, yeah. but I don't know any word of Italian. But I do want to learn more languages, and I can only imagine like like Italian, Spanish, French. They're a bit similar, but there are languages like Arabic that I'd love to like touch on but i know that that's just a whole different like to expand your brain on learning that or like even to learn cantonese or mandarin i know those are very difficult languages to learn so yeah well i think if you could do it young enough i think it's just mm. as you get older everything feels more difficult Diff- and arduous yeah. and like oh my god what am i gonna do but i think you know if you really genuinely immerse yourself and especially as a kid you don't know what you don't know what the fuck's heart is you're just kind of like okay i'm gonna do this you're you know? just doing it you're just doing it you're for exposed the first little to bit. it and that's it yeah. As you yeah. mentioned, like, as we get older, um, you know, everything kind of seems a bit difficult. What, From your perspective or your experience, what's something else that's a bit difficult being an adult? Uh, my thing is just, I think, <laughs> trying, from I, languages. Think, I think the hardest thing is just time management and trying mm. to get everything you need done. Uh, I think there's, you know, as you get older, it's, it's easy to get, you know, distracted and harder to find time sometimes to read that book mm. or do that. You know, especially things that are your pastimes or things that aren't your job. 
Mm. You know, I think, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but as you get older, you kind of, you do can become a lot more, sed, um, you know, sedate. Yes. Um, in, in the way you conduct your life. You know, you come home from work, you make dinner, you sit in front of Netflix and watch like four hours of succession and go to bed. You want to catch up. You want to catch up. Yeah, right? well, there's um, so much content. There's yeah. so much good, you know, and I'm, I'm bad for that as well. But then so, you realize, like, shit, I haven't read a book in like two months or I haven't done this or, you know, like, or forcing yourself actually to leave your home to do something, yes. um, to experience. I yes. think a lot of experiential things I find are getting, it's, you know, it's way too easy, I think, to sit at home and, you know, plug into something yeah. than it is to put your shoes on and walk out when it's minus 10 out to go to a museum or go see a movie or, art show. You know, you or leave, something. You ever leave your phone at home? Have you tried that? Or that's uh, impossible in your lifestyle now? Well, I, I turn my, like, I, I do believe in a certain amount of presence, like, you know, turning my phone off, like, you know, um, but, you know, I'm as bad as anybody, I would say sometimes, yes. like there is, I can get, I can go down a fucking death spiral of social media. If I'm not careful, the rabbit hole. The, the yeah, rabbit you just hole start. You get on there, or, yeah. and, like you know, YouTube's particularly because I'm such a like when it comes to the moving image, I can get really captured on really dumb, trivial things mm. like obscure band histories that yes. somebody's done a video yes. for, it, and yes. I find myself on all this like '60s psych. <laughs> learning all these and then Spotify and I find yeah, it's like yeah, oh there's yeah, three hours yeah. of my life that I was supposed to be doing you still come across something though so you do take something away from it oh, but no, no. when you look at the clock you're like did I really just spend three hours where yeah. I was in this little like I just got lost yeah in, yeah. The, in something you know what I mean but I do feel that there's uh, you know one of the things that I, I struggle with and especially the last few years is actually reading I find like yes. putting like putting your head inside like Either I, I really like like uh, nonfiction, like especially yes. biographies, yes, me too. and putting yourself into those kind of things, yes. and really like and those things you when you pick them up they're like four hundred pages yes. if you get a light yes. one, you know the last it one takes I think. us forever to finish a book now and you start it and you yeah. kind of like you know and I have like I literally have like a pile of books probably like that high that's yeah, all yeah. in various states of starting yeah. I have a mini library at home and I find that like now that I read, when I do read, so I have a schedule that I follow throughout my week. So I read on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Sundays. Well, that's good. But when I read, I have to write things down as I read, as if I'm studying the book that I'm yeah. reading. Like I can't just take a book, sit down and read it. I got to make sure I write these things down because that's how I'm going to remember oh, the yeah. things that I'm, you know, indulging in because throughout the rest of those other days that I'm doing like social media posts, going to the gym, work obviously, etc. like you just forget. It's so easy to forget when you get older. Like you got so many things going on. It's like, yeah. I got to write everything down. Well, and there's a feeling that, you know, like time does as I say in my mid 40s now, <laughs> does tend to move faster. It, there's mm. this, you know, there's a thing and I think it's just, you know, it's that feeling you just know that a day isn't as long as you mm. thought it was. You know, it's just like, for some reason, when you're younger and there's, you know, especially if you don't have a lot of, you know, heavy burdens or responsibilities, yes. especially after university, yes. you feel like there, there's a lot more time to fit stuff in. But as you get older, responsibilities and all this kind of stuff, I think you do have to really, uh, you have to have strong discipline and a rigor to kind of, you know, I'm trying to, that's kind of one of my New Year's resolutions is how do I fit like an hour of reading? And, you know, I was even like... For me to read a book, I, I actually, I, I have like, I had an Audible account, and even Audible, I found what I was doing is the, even listening to Audible, I was I'm listening to it on 2.5 times faster. So everything is like, because I want to just like so jam just, it in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. 
So I'm always like, you I know, I haven't tried an audio book yet. That's something I'm afraid good, to try. But right when I, well, it was I right, like holding the actual book in my hand, like the tree is in my hand. Well, there's certain to, books, you know. Yeah, well, there's certain books I, I wouldn't, I would, wouldn't do it. But you know, if they're kind of Some more self-help books, you could. It's easier to listen to. I'm assuming. Yeah, look, well, yeah, self-help are just kind of like professional development. Yes. You know, I read this. You know, I listen. My last book I read, listened to was. Um, uh, this David Byrne one mm. about the history of music, which is great. Um, you know, I only wish that a lot of the music he was talking to they actually integrated into the production because mm. I kept he kept talking about things. I'm like, I gotta look that up, or I gotta hit Spotify. Same same way, like my uh, one of my favorite audiobooks was actually the, the Beastie Boys book, the okay. Beasties book, because okay. they actually have all these guest stars and they have music, and it's actually an awesome audiobook to listen to. It's one of the best I've ever listened to. Even if you're not a Beastie Boys fan, check out their their Audible book. It's amazing. It's an amazing experience. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, but what I what 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 I found was when I discovered uh, by ac- you know it's kind of one of those things like uh, when I I was listening to audiobooks and then I realized I'm like oh my god you can go like you can actually make the guy talk two three times faster and like right when I discovered that now I can't listen to it slow right like I went back to listen to it and it just like I have to try it, but I'm just, waiting like, for like the right book to yeah. choose like okay this is my first audiobook that yeah. I'm gonna indulge in and I always wanted to get those um, like the actual pad with, where you could put all the books in what are those called like the like a tablet like or a t- like a Kindle a Kindle or something yeah, yeah I always I don't wanted know. to these, you know, these big stupid phones now are like basically Kindles, yeah, you know, yeah, manageable Kindles, but uh, uh, I never had one either. I was, you know, I'm, I'm still a paper, you know, I still Me actually too. like the, the idea I'm of trying the to artifact. hold on to things like we, we don't have CDs anymore. Well, yeah, if you, we get rid of books, it's like everything will be digital, you know what I mean? Well, but, but you look at some parts of the world, like there's um, a great um, actually a book I read, yeah, it's been a couple of years now. Um, but uh, it's it's called the Revenge of Analog. Mm. Um, it's quite quite an interesting book, and it's again part of you know what even I'm involved with is you know vinyl pressing, yes. vinyl records, not even CDs. Like CDs are like this format that's this year vinyl like that sold came after CD vinyl. So we're, oh, we're yeah, bringing well, it. Well, vinyl is yeah. the oldest music format there is other than yeah. sheet music. It's yeah. been around for 150 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know this it's been on a growth curve of. You know, it's uh, 10, 12 years, almost 12, I think, 11 or 12 years of double-digit growth, like 11 to 14% a year growing. And it kind of started, you know, my math isn't quite right, but it really kind of, when you saw like 2008 is really where this kind of vinyl actually started to go up rather than being flat, which yeah. it had been, which it had basically nosediving and stayed flat. Because yes, yes. all the indies and dance labels still press vinyl. Yes, yes. Um, but then all of a sudden... Um, you know, 2008 came around, and you know, there's a bunch of things that happened. Obviously, Facebook was taking off. All of these kind of different platforms were taking off. But at the same time, um, you know, the other thing that was that was really interesting is like Record Store Day was born in in uh, you know that 2008. Yeah. And the other thing was it's when also a big shift in music because you know you talk about CDs, but remember CDs transitioned to iTunes, which was downloading music. In 2008, where downloading turned into streaming. So yes. when streaming happened, people have unlimited playlists. And what, again, younger and younger demographics were realizing is, uh, you know, the, the artifact that actually holding something, like you talked yeah, about a phys- book, is yeah. like, you know, the LP Tangible. is like, yeah. when you pick up a record. It's yeah. actually, it's a very human scale. It's a big piece of art. Yeah. It plays. It's slow listening. It slows your... Everything we just talked about reading is what... But not just holding the physical thing in your yeah. hand. There's also the process prior to, like, for an oh, example, yeah. like, if your mom was giving you a, 
uh, an allowance on a weekly basis you would like the process to get to that piece of art that you would hold is like it's so like I miss that and it's like we'll never get that back you get that allowance you're going to the record store you're spending like an hour trying to pick out which album you want to buy for the week whether it's on vinyl or CD you know that process is gone kids kids (laughs) my kids will never know what that's like well but that's the interesting thing is kids are at 2008 that's they rediscovered because of record store day said hey go visit your local record store and then they go in it's like all these artists that have never been repressed a lot of this 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 stuff on vinyl had never you know obviously a lot of the top 40 stuff and popular stuff has been repressed onto cd but there's Mm. a lot of stuff on vinyl that never got repressed Mm. like it that was its last format right right so to find some of those old especially weird soundtracks and stuff um they're quite you know like you look at the discogs kind of phenomenon um, people know exactly yes. what albums are worth. They know yes. exactly how many are out there. There's a scarcity. There's an economy to them. Yes. Um, and really, like, you know, they are a piece of art because there's only a certain amount of them around. And, you know, if you have one of the first pressings of, say, uh, you know, um, I'm just trying to think, uh, uh, Velvet Underground, you know, the one with the uh, Andy Warhol cover with the banana. Yeah. Well, there's only a certain amount of those. Essentially, yeah. you kind of own an Andy Warhol. Yeah. Like, especially those first pressings like when you think about it it's no less strange than looking at pre-CBS Fender Stratocasters and saying well this was a mass-produced thing but there's actually only a certain amount of them around so people obviously if you look at the price of these guitars like Fender Stratocasters it's millions of them on the planet but if they're pre-CBS all of a sudden they take on this whole other so aura. teach me what is that Fender what is the Fender one? Oh, it's just it's it's a Fender Stratocaster it's a very famous electric guitar electric guitar like it's a okay. it's the one Jimi Hendrix like okay when you, there's two kinds of guitars you probably see one of them's a Les Paul okay which like a Jimmy Page would play okay, and then okay. the other one that you see well there's a third one too which won't it's a Telecaster but the Stratocaster is what when everybody thinks about a less uh, electric guitar they generally think of the Telecaster mm. which is you know a very iconic but the funny thing is about that Stratocaster. There's a, oh, like there's hundreds of companies that have copied it. That that, that shape has never changed. But yes, yes. there's this narrow bandwidth of you know the original Fender pre-CBS that are like that are ridiculous. Like like many you know if you buy one that's not pre-CBS, you know a very nice one that was made in the 70s. Yeah. To, compared to you know one of these ones that's you know early 60s, late 50s. Yeah. It's like un. Uh, like it's many multitudes of value, even though it's the, it's the same guitar. It just has mm. a little bit more patina on it, maybe. But I, uh, I was looking at the time, and I noticed we're 20 minutes in, and you've already dropped so many gems that I'm gonna have to revisit this episode and look up myself, which I appreciate. Well, this is know, good. Like I'm I'm learning as well by listening to you talk, and I appreciate. Well, you I am an old prick, you know. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> let's let's rewind it a bit. Right. We, we're gonna talk a lot about vinyl and stuff like that, and okay. your connection to that. Um, I want to ask you, like, how you as Jay, if you want to show, if you want to show what that initial stands for, but just I uh, know it's Jason. It's Jason. Jason, yeah. right? It's a. I'll just. It's funny because there's a lot of where that comes from is a lot of people called me, you know, JJ. JJ. And, and just it's funny that it evolved into Jay Jolly at some point, right? Where people actually say my full name. Because was I that an know. artist's name at any point? No. Were you an artist at, at some point? Like, well, did you I don't create? Know. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. Were yeah. you a rapper? Like, like a beastie boy? You look like a beastie boy. Like, <laughs> I'm from the, the era boy of the who boys. is beastie. Yeah. You are him. Like, I guess so. Uh, no, I no? was. I was a musician for B-boy? years. B boy? No. Okay. Uh, like you know, so 
Um, before you saw me, with, this is a, a new venture I'm involved with with some great partners, which is, again, this is going to be, um, right now, it, when my partners bought the building. Um, hold on, hold on. Let, we'll, we'll get to that. Hold All right. That. But when it comes to you, who you are as a person and how you look at yourself, uh, who, I, who are you? Like, how would you describe yourself uh, to the I people don't, who don't know you? I, I, I would say, um, you know, I... I probably bore ease a little too easily. I'm, I'm, I think life's an adventure. I've done a lot of very diff- different, but my, my career path has is, is been, one thing has always led to another. I was, you know, I um, went to university. I did a lot of, uh, like, music, music composition, stuff like that. I played music. I have, you know, uh, my 20s were filled with playing music. I love, I still love, love, love music and wish I could get back to another thing I wish I could get back to is, my guitar. And mm. I tried to actually have gotten my calluses back. But, you know, even <laughs> there was years and years where I never even touched a, a guitar. And that, this was something I used to play for hours a day at a certain period of my life. And, uh, you know, I was a touring musician, so we um, toured with a lot of really fun bands. We were always one of those great opening bands. Uh, you know, released a couple albums. Uh, it was called the Van Allen Belt, a little three-piece power trio, math rocky, you know, 90s kind of refugee of that kind of music that was you know that you know when there, that was kind of it was, it was a real kind of for live music it was there was a certain zeitgeist going on then um, especially in uh, the early to mid 90s yes. uh, when we, when I was playing music and you know I, was, I had the great fortune of playing with some great bands like the Tragically Hip mm. Primus you know uh, got to share did a roadside attraction so I I got I I got a lot of great opportunities. Mm. Uh, we never became one of those big headlining bands, but you know we also didn't write any hit songs. We were a very conceptual kind of band, very experimental. So, but we were. Um, <clears throat> but I learned a lot being on the road, and you know, touring across Canada and down through the U.S. Uh, it was a great learning experience. Um, I'd always I've always been a child of cinema, so I uh, after doing music for. Uh, um, a bunch of years around 98 I moved to or 99 98, 99 I moved to Toronto and pursued I actually wanted to be a cinematographer and yes. shot a short film and then uh, I kind of got into the film industry at the very bottom level and like literally I call it driving cable through dog shit and then kind of worked my way up and you know a few in the last few years I've um, me and some others have uh, produced uh, a couple movies we produced a couple movies one of them is more well known as uh, Wolf Cop Wolf Cop Wolf Cop yeah. so as producer we did two, a couple of those and we got a couple other things up our yeah, sleeves yeah there's a sequel as well right yeah Wolf another Cop Wolf Cop or... another Wolf he's, Cop yeah. he's right over there yeah it's a stuffed animal up yeah, over there yeah yeah uh, and you know with that produce some soundtracks with that and um, I have a tech company still in Vancouver the partner over there and we actually built a platform called Tell a Story Hive that helps uh, tell us disperse money to um, uh, you know it could be music video short film of any creatives in uh, British Columbia and Alberta. Yeah. It's a platform I'd love to see expanded into the rest of the country. Hmm. Uh, we worked on that for many years, helped design it. Um, when we were there, I think it's deployed almost $5 million into independent artists to do video um, from webisodes to music right, videos. Right. Uh, so that, that was it. And, you know, and the, and the company's still doing that. Uh, we're working with Telus on another project called uh, Stories for Caregivers, which it's basically it's that other part of when somebody gets really sick is the people that have to actually care for that person and there's just uh, a hole in that kind of caregiver so we actually deploy money into production companies to get caregivers to tell their story of dealing with like their mother with Alzheimer's or their 
their husband with cancer and to help other people that you know when you have this hand grenade thrown into your life and somebody is you know yes very very ill yes uh, that it kind of consumes everybody and a lot of those people it's like you know it's like you go from zero to a hundred and you're just like in it um so uh, and that's something we've been having a lot of, uh, we had a lot of success. People have been really, we've had some great people involved with it, like Jan Arden and Biff Naked. So yeah. that's something, you know. That I had the biggest crush on Biff growing up, man. The well, biggest crush. Well, she's. The tats and everything. She was like the first girl I saw, like all tatted up and everything. And I was like a, a buck, right? And I'm yeah. like, Well, she, it's true. she was one of the first actually individuals to be, you know, in the public conscious to, you know, yeah, be. Yeah. She's uh, bad. She's a bad chick, man. To be, yeah. Well, it's the, that kind of West Coast vibe. Yes, been. yes. See, I, I'm listening to you speak, and I'm laughing because, like, to me, you are an artist. You're a creator. You've created, and you keep yourself busy with... You're in the field. You know I make what I mean? like when I, I like making shit. Yeah, when I saw you, I knew that you weren't just a bartender. And I think artists recognize other artists, you know, other creatives. Well, I hope not. You know, you, I'm you, learning the bar right now because yeah, like, I own the joint. So I'm like, I'm that like, guy can't just be, <laughs> who is that guy, you know? So I'm hearing no. you speak about the passion, the things that you're passionate about, the things that you've been yeah. involved in from like I'm thinking like at the times that you were doing things like touring with bands and stuff I was at home watching things on much music like as a little baby you know but now I get the opportunity to meet with someone with you with such experience to learn from and to just share with you know we're from two different spectrums but well it's like yeah you can learn I guess from people's life experience Uh, you know I like I said I you know I've always put myself out there the nice thing about when you move around a lot when you're a kid Mm. You kind of learn. You grow up kind of a bit faster. Yes, yes. Um, I can relate you know, to that. For, you know, you're always having to deal with kind of some kind of adversity. Moving to a new you got to adjust. You got to adjust. Dealing with bullies. Dealing yeah, with shit. Yeah. You got to always got to deal with shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so been, you learn how to kind of walk between the raindrops. Yes. But you also realize that you know you just kind of because you're you're being forced to reinvent yourself every couple of years, it just becomes kind of part of your life cycle. Mm. Like, uh, it's funny. Like I always had friends that would say. Oh, it must have been hard to move every two years, and I and I would look at them and go, "Must have been hard to stay in the same place." I got to reinvent myself every two years. Yes, you're still the guy yes. that fucked up when you're in grade seven. Yes. That people remind you. Trust of. me, I can you know? relate to that. Man. So but, I always feel like when I yeah. hear about people coming from like having spent like all of their life in a small town before they moved to a big city, yeah. and just realize that seems to me a lot t- yeah. a lot tougher yeah. than. Uh, anyway, but everybody lives their life. You know, like maybe there, there's you know there's paradise everywhere, right? And uh, yeah. But I just, you know, like, but my life has kind of always been a, a, there's a continuity of just when things present themselves, if they're, you know, something I, I seeked out or it just landed, like, literally right in my lap is to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, it's that, it's that bad cliche where luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Like, sometimes you don't, you don't always see opportunities. But, you know, that's when the luck steps in when you're actually prepared enough to say, oh, shit, I can do this. Do you, or, do you believe in bad luck? Uh, I don't know about that. I guess everybody kind of secretly, I think everybody always, like, has a healthy paranoia and superstition. I think in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, well, is karma really real? Or, or uh, you know, <laughs> is bad luck something that's, you know, because a lot of times I think it's just people can only see, like, you know, negative negative things in their life and that somehow overshadow all the good things in their life they've taken for granted but so. those negatives could be the positives as well if oh, you absolutely if you see what comes out of those negatives oh. and what spirals out it's a chain it's a it's a snowball effect right yeah, yeah oh for sure and i think people lose context like i think people 
do no matter what where you are like you know I'll be out with some dudes like you know and they'll be complaining about all their jobs I'm like you're like a dude that lives in fucking Toronto like honestly what do you have to complain about yeah. like what what your, your, your boss shit on you on your job I'm like think about someone that's living like you know in, in that just has any nothing. other part of your country. They, there like, are people so that think wish about that, Syria. Yeah. Think about, yeah. No, no, like, I was just going to say Syria. Like, <laughs> like, but people get so, like, fucking... Oh, sorry, pardon my no, French. Yeah, no, but they get so wrapped up in this their, this kind of... This box, this existential crisis they put around their life that yeah. that uh, I think sometimes you got to kind of step back and go, holy shit, you know what? Yeah, I didn't get this and I didn't get that, but I'm like, this is like living on a fucking cruise ship, Toronto. Like, it's a joke. It's right? funny you say that because on the la- on episode seventeen, I had, I had spoken about being so involved in something that you can't see outside of that thing you're involved in. Like, so you can't step outside of your own box to yeah. look from the outside in to yeah. see, like, hey, things aren't that bad, or maybe I do need to adjust, or look how far I've come because yeah. we're so involved in what we got going on, we can't see outside of that this little sphere that we've put ourselves in but it's like that job you're complaining about there's somebody that exists that wishes they had a job to complain about you know when girl when 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 some women that i talk to they get upset that they don't hear from me right off the bat like every day all day i said there's a kid in syria that like someone's dying right now like someone didn't wake up this morning you're complaining because you can't get a hold of me when you want just be patient you don't even have to go as far as syria you're gonna say look there's like you know there's a woman doing your job that's getting paid less than you are yes you know your exact job yes like you don't even have to go that far at least you can get a hold of me (laughs) are you a god or a goddess Are you searching for a product that will deeply detox your skin and reveal your glow? If so, then Goddess Glow is the product for you. Goddess Glow specializes in all-natural, 100% vegan and cruelty-free products designed for your skin and body to detoxify the skin while deeply nourishing in order to reveal your inner goddess or god glow. Some of their most popular products right now are vegan lip scrubs, whipped shea butters, and aloe butters. Palm Bliss and White Tea are some of the flavors that uh, the vegan lip scrubs come in. Now, Goddess Glow doesn't currently have a website. The website's coming soon. But for all of your inner goddess and god beauty products, follow official Goddess Glow on Instagram, and you could touch base with its owner, Athena, uh, to get in touch with her and or make some orders. Whether online or in person with Athena, make sure you use promo code WHOHOW to get a special discount. Uh, you could either text WHOHOW online to Athena or when you see her at some of her vendoring events or anything like that in the city uh, always mention who how and uh, she'll hook you up with something all right once again touch base with official goddess glow online uh, to inquire about these beauty products that I just spoke about now even though the name you know is called goddess glow uh, men can use these products as well I've been using these products hence why I've uh, connected with the brand um, but I do know that Athena is coming out with an all male line, uh, which will be called God Glow. Um, and that'll be for us men. But I've been using the Goddess Glow products as well. You know, face masks, lip scrubs, etc. Uh, I got my mask on every Sunday and uh, wash it off. And every time I wash it off, I feel like a brand new person. I see my glow. I feel good. I feel my glow. You know what I mean? So touch base with Athena. She could give you guys more information on the products that she has and uh, bring that goddess glow uh, and that God glow out. We're all gods and goddesses, um, but it's up to us to bring that glow out. So do that with goddess glow and uh, you could get like me. Uh, With that said, let's get back to the show. I wanted to ask you, um, 
like okay when i was younger right you mentioned something earlier about like you had to grow up a bit faster when you were younger and stuff like that because of all the things you went through moving around etc which is something i can relate to if i fast forward to where i am now I think I'm having the most fun in my life now. I'm, I feel like I'm more of a kid now because mm-hmm. I'm enjoying life now. But when I was younger, I was more mature than the average kid because of what I went through. So I'm having fun now. I'm 30 years old. I'm doing what I love. But I look at life a bit differently compared to how I did when I was younger because I, was right. so, I had to be so mature. What's fun for you right now in your stage of life? Like, What's in your uh, fun category? I guess, well, I've always tried to, you know structure you know i'm a high risk individual i realize that you know i don't really you know i i generally put myself in a position where there's not really a lot of fallback like it's kind of like you know it's like you have to do it you have to do it to win it or because the other thing is it's complete failure um and uh and you try and it's again when you start to build more businesses ventures you know and especially stuff that i'm attracted to which is more high risk disruptive stuff or stuff that's just by its nature it's got tight margins like you know a venue food yes. and beverage business with yes. uh, it's a, a risk. record press it's a risk it's a record press it's never yeah. been done before so yeah. you're you know um, but you taking know taking a chance well you're taking a chance but the other thing is you know there there is you know ideas are infinite I like to say and then execution is everything so mm. you know really it all comes down to the execution of the idea mm. uh, because the idea can be very sound, but it can be mishandled. Mm. Um, there's a lot of other things. I'm, you know, I'm sim- simplifying. You know, like anything, there's a lot of things it needs. It needs brain power. Every real, you know, idea that is a venture, especially if you're getting other people, you need to be able to, you know, be able to pitch your idea to like investors. You need capital. It needs to be, you know, capitalized. Um, although it's easier and easier to start little businesses with almost little to no capital. Um, especially if you're dealing with kind of stuff more online or mobile. Oh, but again, it's a very noisy industry, as you know. Like you know, so you, you like so taking risks is fun to you. Uh, well, I think the whole life is a risk, right? Mm. I think my big thing is there's, you know, I say that it's high risk, but as a human being, when you have like 80 years on the planet, your whole fucking life is high risk. Like when you actually look at it, like you know, you know. You look at some poor bastard on the 401 going to see his, like, you know, his family, and he's in, like, a 20-car pileup and gone. <laughs> you know, risk is all around us. <laughs> and it can consume, you know, if you really, you know, dwell on it too much, yeah, it's paralysis. You're not going to move. You're not going to do anything. But if you just accept that everything you do is risky, then you sh- then by definition, it's okay to take certain risks, you know, yes. but... But also manage people's expectation that this is, you know, this is what we're going to do is high risk. There's yes. a high chance of failure. Yes. So any work and time and, you know, it's not always just money. It's just actually sweat equity. Like even getting this business to where it is today, you know, we, we went through a year of, you know, like with another venue um, dealing with, you know, neighbors that didn't want us to have a liquor license, uh, misinformation. Uh, political interference like you learn about a lot about municipal politics when you're dealing with and civil kind of concerns when you're dealing with stuff like a music venue you know Toronto likes to say it's a music city but try and you know open a new music venue Hmm. it's like you run everybody's like oh we love music we love culture just not in my backyard Maybe down the street, mm. just not here. Not where I live. Not where go, I live. Go somewhere else. But I'll we love, visit. We love live music, right? You right, know, right. and it's kind of that. So I think, like, you know, politically, you know, 
we we're, at some day we, we got we have to reckon like you can call us a music and Toronto is a music city like let's be honest like it's like there's so many musicians that not only live here but move here and even this strip Gary that we're on right now like there's two big rehearsal studios there's recording studios um, there's a history of, of music along with light industry and stuff up here and that's part of the reason that we're here is to to add to that culture but. Uh, but make no bones about it, um, you know, the lip service that music is given in Toronto, I think that, you know, we <clears throat> we need to start living up to it in yes. a bit bigger. And, you know, this is the venture that we're, that, that we're standing in right now and what it's going to become. It was all, you know, private money, people's money from um, the music and entertainment industry that kind of said that, yeah, well, they just said, you know, we're, we, we all love music. We, we know the... You know, I, I spent 10 years in Vancouver watching one live venue go down after another hmm. under the, the, you know, the bulldozers of condominium building. It's very easy. Um, culture can disappear, and it's very hard to bring it back, you know, for... Yeah, I mean, for, we don't, our, our, down, our entertainment district downtown, like, the club scene is, like, null and void at the moment because of everything they've torn down to build these condos and stuff. So yeah. to find these little pocket areas, like, of course, we got Kensington, which is a main, you know, we know the hipsters and everything, yeah. the arts is in, is in that little yeah. but we have, hub. But we had a tough community. time in coming yeah. to Kensington, opening up uh, people's perception of what they thought our building was going to be and who we were. I think Kensington, was, there's a benefit. If you're already there, you're good. But to open something new, maybe you can yeah. have some, you know. Well, you know, I think there's a lot of idiosyncrasies, but you know, like, mm. but I, but I do also um, empathize with somebody like residents around Ossington when it exploded, yes. and that a lot of, you know, it came all at once yes. and kind of overtook. So I do think that there's a balance, and I think what even the deputy mayor Annabelle Lau is doing up here on Yuri is actually a very, very. Uh, shrewd and thoughtful way to develop what is being called Geary Works in the satellite map right over there, yeah. which is actually identifying this you know 1.5 kilometer strip of Geary mm-hmm. of light industry and, and creative, and um, you know everything from body shops to sculptures to photography studios to you know yes. Portuguese bakeries yes. um, is on the strip along with you know the kind of the greater goods and the Blood Brothers yeah. and the guys like us. Um, who are doing something kind of, you know, more high concept. Yes. What I love about all these businesses is everybody's actually kind of making something. Like, not only are they running a food and beverage, but in our case, we're going to press vinyl. In case of, like, Parallel, they're making, yeah. like... It's uh, art. Yeah, they're it's making art. lots of different stuff. Let's celebrate art. Like, let's, yeah. not, let's not pigeonhole ourselves and just be this one little thing or, like, describe ourselves in one way. Yeah. We're not just a venue. You're not just a venue for folks to come and hold an event at. There's other there are other things attached to that that has history attached to it. Not mm-hmm. just be a building where someone could come in and just do whatever. Like there's something attached to that and it's it's all the celebration of art. Sure. You know, that's how I look at it. And I'm glad to be, you know, I'm glad to have our first event back with the podcast, like being at this venue in a couple of weeks from now because you know like it says on the on the on the uh, flyer it says you know art music drinks like that's what we want to celebrate we just yeah. want to celebrate the creatives and just get back to that and have fun sure. make things fun again you know what yeah. i mean so thank you for allowing us to do that and uh um, well, it's my pleasure when you look at yourself again going back to you in what order does this does this go in for you cuz i see this is what i see with you businessman creator father 
Well, I don't Frenchmen. Guess. I'm joking. Frenchmen. But well, I don't, I don't in, know. I in what order is that for you? Well, I, that's you know, I, I I guess it's hard to you know, it's put. Uh, it's if if you ask me tomorrow, I'll probably give you a different answer. But mm. I, but I don't know. I think by by necessity, um, um, you know, like anything, you wish you were a better. You always wish you were a better father, for sure. Mm. You always wish you were a better. You know, you, you try and different times in your life, you you gotta. You know, there's there's things that you always have. It's not regrets, but you know, it. Am I? Am I? Is is? Let's call it work-life balance. Some depending what part of, if you're starting something new like a startup, there's the work-life balance is very difficult. Like because you're because you're trying to make it work. You have investors money. There's a lot of pressure um, to make shit work. And then you know, inevitably something has to suffer. So if you cat- put three categories. At any moment in my life, one of those things is going to be suffering yes. at the expense of another. Something becomes so, primary when something becomes secondary. Well, again, because money is one thing, but you know, because money is infinite, but time is actually quite finite. Like you can't, <laughs> like you know, you know, if you if you look at grains of sand that is your life, you know, not to go be too cliche, but it's like there's only a certain amount of them in the hourglass. <laughs> I don't know how many there are. I don't know how big my hourglass is. But and it can run out, though. It, it can, can run out. No, I, yeah. The only it thing will. that I can guarantee you on this planet <laughs> is you will die on this planet. That's the only thing we know about I civilization. Mean mortal, so I don't know, but yeah. No, no. Uh, no you yeah, know, yeah. it's just like you know, it's like the old joke. It's like exercise, eat right, die anyway. You can't actually change that. Mm. No one gets off this rock alive. Let's look mm. like there's no nowhere in the history of humanity has anyone got off this rock alive. So why do we work so hard while being here? What what is it? What is our purpose? Like, why do we put ourselves through the things that we do oh, to achieve these things? If we have this knowledge that we're just gonna leave this rock in. Well, I, I, well, we know what we're gonna do, but you know, like again, time, you know, time moves fast, but time is also very long if you don't have purpose. Like, I don't think I don't think human beings are born not to. I think there's everybody there's purpose to your life at some issue. You don't know what. It doesn't matter why you're here. But, you know, everything, like, what got you out of bed today to come and, you know, hunt me down? You know, this is all your juice doing all this. Yes. And, of, and of course, <laughs> the, 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 the camera is not moving itself. I know. What I'm, fly? Yes. Um, and uh, so all of this stuff is like, you know, you, you giving yourself a purpose with, yes. you know, this stuff. Yes. Um, so I think whatever it is that you choose to fill this time in your life with, if it's going to be like, if all you want to be is like, you know, um, you know, a great baker, you know, I really, this is what I'm passionate about this. I love yeast. I'm just going to, I'm going to kick the shit out of bread for the rest of my life. And I'm going to, and that's, and the cool thing is you can probably, if you really devoted yourself to that kind of very linear, distinct career path, uh, um, well, not necessarily career path, but just passion, passion path. You're going to learn something every day about bread. Like, every day, oh, if course. you're real about it. Or you can just be the bread guy that comes up with one recipe and just shits it out for the rest of his life. Yeah. And it's like just punching the clock every day. Yeah. But there's, I think there's different levels of well, we make the you world, pursue. In that sense, we make the world go around. Like, the, the, the yeah. person who's so passionate about bread and bread becomes their lives uh, or their life or whatever. Like, the guy who does a podcast will never understand why that person is so obsessed with bread oh. but that's that's our that's the purpose the individual yeah. purpose that we bring to this 
to yeah. this life individually and also externally well because we all want bread there are people who want bread there are people who want to hear conversations from everyday people oh absolutely to see if they can relate to somebody there's someone who feels so alone right now and after hearing our conversation they're gonna feel something bigger than what they felt yesterday feel connected well it's that's, so we that's all a have strong purpose. aspiration let's hope, let's hope i think it's hope true no somebody. there's these individual <laughs> we all have these individualistic yeah. purposes that we well, serve and bring to this planet oh yeah so. for sure and you know all you have to do is look at how many varieties of bread there are and how right. many bakeries in the city right. are making like that are known for this yeah. or that or the other thing or, or croissants or this and it's true it's like you know you can be passionate about everything and if you do it to again if you execute and continue to force you. And again, I think, you know, we, this goes back to the where we started was, you know, that idea of forcing yourself to find time yeah. to indulge in things like, you know, the yeah. experience or the reading or listening to music, slow listening. Yes. Just, just putting stuff on random and shuffle and jamming it in your head. Yes. Like, uh, you know, that you're actually, that you curate what you want and how you teach yourself. Say, you know, I'm going to read this biography on this guy. I know nothing about it or yeah. this woman that... I know nothing about but I'm gonna you know yeah. but there's something about this person's life that you know I'm gonna you know I guess take some take away from it take something learn well, something learn what not to do versus what to do maybe yeah or, you know? again create some kind of you know habit around making yourself do to learn and I think sometimes passion has to be full to like you, I think you have to refill you have the to tank. find it someone told me that if there is no passion involved in anything that you're doing then you're not even you don't even care about that thing yeah, there yeah, has to be that. passion attached whether it, it shouldn't even be forced like you sh- you must be passionate about the things you're doing or else you wouldn't be doing it well you let's know hope I mean? you know like I, I don't know there's you know w- let's hope that everybody could you know experience that but it's also you you know I know there's a lot of people that are, are you know a certain part of their life they're t- doing taking big sacrifices to be able to support another part of their life which is you know family friends yes. whatever it is yes. so there's always going to be some kind of give and take in your life like let's not be unless you were born like honestly to like i don't know some super rich family some blue blood and you yeah. just you know you're on you're you're floating you're, well they're you know, probably certain... struggling the most but that's another story right because yeah, what I, is uh, what is being rich uh, is well having, i'm not even know? saying rich but i'm just saying yeah. because a lot of unfortunately we everybody has to pay the rent everybody's got to put food on the table Yes. There's certain things like the human condition that, you know, you know, I'm not saying you have to be, but I think there's certain things that help you, you know, you know, it's, it's, I think it's tough to make decisions when you're hungry, for, mm. for instance. Mm. You know? it, it is still funny that we, we put ourselves through all of these things and these passions and these, these pains, whatever, and still with the knowledge that we're going to die one day. Some of us still want to serve, you know? Like, I look at myself as a person. I like to give. I'm a giver. And I think that yeah. brings me true joy. Even though I know I might die tomorrow, at least I know I spent it trying to give to somebody, you know? I provided someone an opportunity. I, I shared pieces of my story that hopefully someone could relate to and take something from it. So I think for us who are serving, like, I look at you as a server. You know, you create, you're a part of a space that provides people opportunities to grow their audiences let's say you know what i mean sure do you look at yourself as that as well mm. well there's always some there's a always giver, a I, giver more than well, a taker I, I think well i think my whole life i can say that everything that connects to one another it's like i've always been involved in entertainment and entertainment by its nature is to serve mm. it's to create something that if it's this is just that a brick, and, brick and mortar yeah, version yeah, yeah, yeah. of yeah. this is a big circus tent yeah i can put any any act any animals in here yeah, i want yeah, yeah. 
uh, if it's if it's this animal here, this strange animal, yeah, <laughs> um, or uh, or something else. But yeah. uh, but ultimately, you know, if it was you know through producing movies or um, you know doing music, ultimately you're trying. It's they're all very arrogant business models mm. because what you're saying is I'm going to create a business model where very I'm going to get people to leave their home with good money that they can sit at home and watch Netflix and do whatever they do. Come see me. And they're going to... Come see what I created. Uber yeah. or a car or a bike or walk. <laughs> it's and they're going to come here and they're going to buy something they could easily buy themselves. Yeah, yeah. Very arrogant. Um, yeah. You know, it is a yeah. very arrogant business model. Yes. And so how do you get people to do that on a consistent basis that so you can generate, you know, and the, the creative product you has to be with. good. Yeah. product has to be good. The offering, the experience has to be great. Experience, and, yes. And entertainment is ultimately experience. Yes. You know, in your in your field, right? I'll ask some personal questions here. When it oh, comes God. to the business, when it comes to the business side, and like okay. you know, create curating these spaces and allowing people to you know do their thing. What's the most the, off the top? What's the most successful event? Let's say that you've been a part of. If you could think of in your mind, event. if it was really successful and you were like really proud to what like, did I that I designed and no, maybe you allowed someone. You were sort of behind the scenes, but you allowed an event to happen. Uh, what what about it was so successful that you looked at it and was like, you know, I'm I'm happy I let these well, guys. I've had girls lots of in. like fun events, like you know, like I did, um, uh, like this event we used to do at Banff when we were running this thing called Cinecu to found Wolf Cop. Yeah. Um, you know, running those events where we would get like 200 industry decision makers in a room, five like unknown filmmakers from across Canada to do like you basically finance their, their picture in a room. Um, some of those were really super exciting. You know, playing in. You know, like I said, roadside attraction '97 on huge stages across Canada with people like yeah. Los Lobos and Loco and the Hip, obviously. Yes. And Cheryl Crow. That was, you know, obviously that's like another person their, their I had a crush on growing up. But yeah. But I mean, those <laughs> those are very exciting. And I had nothing to do with and it Sarah other McLaughlin. than being, yeah. you know, at a time and place where we were the the, the folks that were headlining, uh, Gordon the Voice, um, uh, just had an appreciation for the kind of music as these young <laughs> idiots playing like really silly music um, that we really liked and you know that they felt could uh, be, be somebody that they could take out to help open their show yes. which you know it's kind of humbling yes. at the time I think you know the fact that we were we didn't get to do just one but two but three of these little stints with them was yes. was quite exciting at the time uh, uh, and also just, you know, getting shit done, like when you execute on a product yes. or deliver something. Yes. If it were, you know, even when I, the digital agency I described with Telus is just getting that thing out the door, turning it on, and all of a sudden these platforms that we're doing are an event unto themselves because yes. we're giving away money to really cool filmmakers. Some, you know, could, you know, and really looking at diversity and yes. really looking at different kinds of filmmakers we'd want to give them money to. So just to be able to turn on even a digital product or a platform like that, watching all these people just come to it and upload their projects and, you know, connect every, you know, and start to just churn and show why they should get this money over somebody else is, is always kind of exciting to see all the new stuff that kind of floods in. Uh, what, would, anyway. what would an unsuccessful event look like to you? Oh, we totally sure just shit the bed. Yeah. yeah, this could be an unsuccessful event tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, He's not kidding. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I know. Um, I know. No, I. I think there's. Always, I, I think you got to take your. You know, you can't have a good like. Like even me, but even when like you're going back to when I'm touring, like yeah. you could have a really great show. Yes. And then you know the next the next night it just 
for no other reason than just the for you know guitar right. goes out of tune you break a string you yeah. do this the audience is shit you, you know like uh, yeah. there's a million reasons or you just play like garbage like yes. pure garbage yes. and you don't even know why because yeah. you played like 10 shows in a row that went great yeah, yeah. Um, or it could just be the night that it's on this one yeah, night some, it's just sometimes not, you're not no on. one's coming out the yeah. house man. so I think it's like I, I think it's dangerous to look at like because it's it, anybody can armchair you know general anything and say well if I did this this and this it would have been just as good as anything else but you know I, I don't you know you can't you can't go backwards you can't like you can't reverse engineer um, and think well if I because you know it just takes you know one little thing to go wrong and then, or something that's to your point is the superstition maybe your mojo's off yes you don't know what it is maybe it's just like the planets are out of alignment I don't know I always felt, and I don't know if you agree with this, um, before I started getting into events and, like, putting on events for, like, other artists, I, I, I sat back and watched first. I sat back in the, in the back of the room watching other people run their events. And I always found that there were people who weren't artists putting on these events. And I felt like they didn't understand the artist's not struggle per se, but just what artists go through when it comes to performing or just coming out of my house, bringing all these people here to see me perform. So I'm like, I want to be that artist that puts on events for other artists because I understand, especially with the podcast. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm an artist myself creating a platform for my colleagues. So sure. do you always, did you ever feel like art, like events are best curated by artists as well, by artists mm, themselves? I like, think, well, it's hard to say because, you know, like with everything, it's called film business or music business for a reason it's called not yeah. called music friends like you do yeah. actually there are people that might not be creative but they're they know how to promote they know how to market they know how to yeah. this yeah. and they know and you know you can be the best artist in the world but you know if, if you never leave your bedroom then are do you even really exist like you know it's just kind of like um there is a certain amount of that whole experience like entertainment getting people out yes. performing and doesn't matter if it's an art gallery or if it's a book like yeah. at some point you got to take your book and you got to live a life of rejection sending it out there or it could be a screenplay or it could be getting your art into a gallery or you know basically trying out for a play whatever it is if you want to talk about the creative kind of pursuits there is a life of rejection there is you know it's 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 a very steep hill to climb it's the chance of success like you know there's like look if you want to be in the music industry you want to be in the film industry you know that everybody shares one thing 99% failure rate like when you go in what is what are you going to do to make your you're that 1% that's going to make it how are you going to change everything to be that 1% mm. like you know no one ever tell, tells you that when you're starting out and when you pick up a guitar and think oh yeah I'm going to be a rock star and then it's like oh my god 99% failure rate for bands or actors or directors or you know entrepreneurs startup entrepreneurs you know a filmmaker and someone who starts a startup company like a mobile app or something 99% failure rate you know hmm. um, and I think people when they get out of bed it's like every day you gotta get up and say well how am I gonna change my reality to be that 1% yes. like it must be it's, you know it's tough right yes. and how do I get up and force myself to do that and it's not easy creative shit it's actually the really hard business like managing money all that kind of stuff yeah anyway um, no I'm just telling her to save the film because we're good we'll just do audio now um, all right. for people who are in your field uh, let's say your field of business let's say uh, what kind of advice would you have for them uh, if any? I think well I think you you know you gotta there's a lot of tenacity there's a lot of 
you just gotta you gotta do like you know like you say well you saw me tenant bar and it's like well that's I gotta learn that part of it I'm going into this business I gotta figure out you, you gotta know, yeah. I gotta learn it all just like in film I had to learn everything from Dragon Cave Roll to you know Purdue like I just feel to be really good at something you need to understand all the machinations of it and right now you know while we're redesigning this place and running these events and using this opportunity to understand customer needs to serve people to your point to yes. um, see what kind of people kind of gravitate to what kind of things to understand you know what events work and what events don't even stuff that's outside my you know my knowledge like tonight there's you know although I'm a big fan of electronic music like you know the mixture of live electronica with DJs and and also looking at the time of the year, like, are people going to leave yeah. their families and come yeah. out tonight? Yeah. Like, last night we had a event on Boxing Day. Yeah, I saw it online. Yeah, and it was, you know, not bad. Yeah. A really great show. Yeah. Uh, people did come out. Uh, and, you know, the, you know, in Toronto, obviously, there's a density. So that people are, there's enough people around that are genuinely looking for something to do. Yes. Um, there's so, always, yeah. And if you can promote and you can pierce through and reach those people that are looking for something to do, that's that's mm. the, the alchemy of the whole thing, right? Yes. Um, so, what are your favorite kind of events to kind of like host or like allow to happen? What are your favorite favorite type? Uh, well, I don't know. Well, I guess this one is more like uh, I don't know. I think I like I, I like stuff with audience. I like stuff with some kind of creative capital being presented, like mm. some kind of somebody's like creative original juices like if you know if I opened a venue and all it was was cover bands I'd probably get bored pretty quick mm. like you know if all I did was have DJs playing other people's music yes. I'd probably get bored pretty quick yes. like the nice thing about this evening is there's four people that in some capacity are producing their own music yes. that just happen to be playing some of them playing it live some of them playing their music in combination with other people's music in a DJ set Yes. so I think you know for myself I think the, the the ability to present original music in a compelling way, and it could be any. Like I said, this venue's going to be. Could, it's all about anything from death metal to fucking free jazz. Like, but it'll be highly curated. It'll be like you know. And even if you're not into the genre, you know that this. Oh well, what they're going to present is probably pretty good. Even if I'm not comfortable with like speed metal, I should. If I went, it'd probably. Be, if I was to see speed metal, this would probably be the night to go see it. You know, if this was. Like, even last night, I had a friend of mine who is the founder of, like, a very, you know, a stoner metal label who came and it was dancing. He goes, this is great. Love, you know, is, uh, you know, we had three women DJing. Um, uh, one of them runs her own record label uh, that we've pressed a couple of records for, Biblioteca. Yes, really solid, solid. Well. Uh, online, yeah. yeah, and she's doing really experimental, really interesting stuff with independent artists all over the world. One We just did one with her from the UK. The other yes. one, I think, was from gentleman was from uh, I want to say Edmonton somewhere out west I, she's probably going to kill me that I've forgotten um, but um, Golden Grey yes uh, and uh, so you know that, that type of stuff excites me the ability to kind of discover new talent it's the, to let something shine through to watch somebody else discover like oh my god these guys are awesome um, is building a community important to you like, oh, for uh, sure. like, make, like you want people to say okay 211 that's the spot to be at and yeah. you know you're you're just building bridges like everyone yeah, everyone well, let's hope let's know. hope we don't screw it up like what, so. what's another goal <laughs> screw it up um, I, I think I'm kidding I mean, um, what's another goal that you might have um, you know I, I think like anything you always want a certain amount of sustainability and success yes. from your endeavor you know there is uh, 
you know, trying to protect uh, the people that have invested in you and stuff like that. And, yes. Uh, and be able to show some kind of return and work hard. Uh, that's always pressing and the stuff that keeps you up at night, if you like it or not. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. Are you doing what you've always wanted to do if you look in oh, retrospect when you look back at your life? Uh, no, I, I think I think whatever you think you're going to do as a young person is, is you know, it's like fools. It's a fool's errand. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, if I look back at when I'm 19, it's like, yeah, I really wanted to be like, what, a fireman? Like, when you're, you realize it's just like, it's not, it's why I always said it's like, even in university, I, you know, I, although I did a lot of music and music composition, I really did like kind of a general arts degree. And I always wondered like kids that really were really specialized, like I'm going into hardcore engineering or hardcore this. It's like, to me, it's like everybody should actually learn like when you do your post, if you're going to go for post-secondary, first do a general arts degree for a couple of years. Like, yeah. it, it, learn a little bit about yeah. things. Like, yeah. doesn't matter what it, it could be geology, it could be chemistry, it could be fine, like sketching. But force yourself before you specialize. And mm. I think a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of, like when I look at folks that are from a very early stage, it's like, well, I'm going to be like, go down this path. And, you know, I think that from it, they're like, you know, if, if they don't, you know, you don't have a lot of time to experiment, so, you know, it's good to be, like, experimentation, especially, you know, when you, when you, before you have a family and before you settle down and before you start, like, you know, racking. And I know it's tough for, especially this generation, because it costs so much to go to school. Yeah. And, and rent is crazy. Like, I can't even mean, it's just like... Doesn't make everything's, sense anymore. Yeah, well... Some things don't make sense anymore, man. Yeah, you know, nothing makes, like, people can't afford to... To live, you know, to people. Live. Well, even like a, a, I look at even my son, like you know, he's in Vancouver, and even to look at what you know, he he may not be able to afford to live in the city he was born in, <laughs> the, with the way the rents are going. Right, right. And especially if you look at the way inflation, you know, um, salaries really haven't kept up with the rate of inflation, especially rent, not, not even not, close. No. They're going and, down. Salary. I'm looking at like I'm in the social service uh, yeah. services field you know what i mean and yeah i know exactly what you're talking you about i've lived on my own since 18 yeah. and i would love to go to school now i'd love to learn something new but it's like how do i balance yeah. that you know it's it's hard to learn new things nowadays unless you're getting it for free and even then you got to make some time for it oh yeah and then you're, sure. you're like you said you're putting something else on the back burner just to put something else at the forefront so you could gain yeah. some sort of new knowledge new experiences so time management is very important yeah, it's tough, and I'm, and I'm not, and I'm not even that good at it. You know, mm. I wish I was better, mm. but uh, but it's always something. You know, you, I think you gotta like anything. It's like a muscle. You gotta kind of, you gotta kind of work it out practice to it, keep yeah. it. You gotta practice, practice, yeah. practice. Yeah. You know. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, no, ladies and gentlemen, I want to make sure that everybody has the details for next Friday's event. We're doing this on uh, what's the date today? December twenty seventh or eighth. Today's the 27th, so we got the event Who Are You Part 2 happening on January 10th here at 211 Gary Avenue. Now, the, you have me on my toes because I keep waiting for like a name for the venue. Right now, we refer to it as 211. Yeah, are we, are we going to get a name for the uh, venue? So. Uh, We're playing with a few of them. Uh, we experimented. Like We've been pressing records under the name Liquor Donuts. Liquor Donuts, uh, yeah. But, you know, and Donut being a kind of... Inside baseball of what it, the the yes. nickname for a forty five RPM record and yes. the fact that it's this press is in a bar or going to be in a bar. Yes. Um, 
but uh, yeah, we've been. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be one of those things we slowly unveil. But a lot of it, it's like the more you say like two eleven Geary, the more like kind of. I like saying two eleven. Yeah, Just saying like, two one two one one two eleven whatever. Yeah, it's kind of you know, and it's I you know my my thing is I never like it's kind of like blanding. It's like it's almost too easy to call it two eleven Geary, but at the same time, it's kind of if you say it often enough, like anything, it's like it kind of sticks in your brain, and it's hard to imagine something else. So. No, I agree with you. Even just saying 211, like yeah. there's an R&B group named 112. So I'm thinking yeah. those numbers are there, right? I think yeah. I could hear people saying, yo, I'm going to 211 this Friday. Yeah. You know, so come out next Friday, January 10th. Celebrate the new year with us. We're going to celebrate art, love, life, music, oh, yeah. just everything. And we're just going to vibe out. We're going to have a few performers uh, performers just sharing pieces of their work and who they are. Um, I'm going to share pieces of me and you're going to get to know more of the podcast. You're going to get to know Jay and we're going to start off the new year pretty, pretty good. Pretty like on a high note, I would say. So we invite everybody out, um, out to this event next week. The flyer is going out tonight on all social media platforms. So at only one heiress at who how club uh, on all platforms. Jay, you want to share your platforms as well? Or? Uh, we could do um, yeah, Instagram's best right now. Um, it's uh liquor donuts which is 211 geary um we do have a 211 uh, com. uh just if you ever want to book an event or a show or a private party um we're doing that as we renovate and we hope to have the new iteration of whatever 211 geary is going to be called which will be essentially a 200 person you know venue um for music art you know comedy whatever um uh, with a, a record press and you know and uh, that will be kind of right smack dab in the middle of Geary Avenue which we're really excited about um, yeah. yeah next summer is going to be popping on this strip this is this will be the new strip for the city I see it oh yeah it's uh, yeah it's, a, it's definitely very unique it's, it's, it's interesting to be in this neighborhood because even when I lived in Toronto for before I was you know, moved to Vancouver um, which was around like 2008 it's like Geary was like you know you came up here for like after hours part like yes, you never you yes. didn't even really think about this place yeah, you and never yeah and now with all the stress and all the artists getting pushed more and more north yeah because Queen is like it's about the, time the junction yep. Geary yep. And I think that corridor is gonna take a, a different kind of importance because it's kind of where the scene is moving now. yeah. It's kind of like it's where like Midtown in a way. Do we consider yeah. that mid or mid is more? North? I think it's getting more. Like yeah. I, I would say Eglinton, but yeah. Know, but to your point, it's like where you know the interesting thing about Geary is like you know if you lived on Queen, you where you might not go up to Eglinton or St Clair. Geary is more kind of approachable, and yes. guys that are at maybe Eglinton or St Clair, where they might not travel all it's the way down to Queen, they might yeah. say, oh, you know what? It's, it is a. I would say it's a midpoint rather yes. than being midtown. I think yes. there is something. You know, and I'm talking out of my ass here, so it's an assumption I'm making. But, uh, I, you know, again, I, we're really bullish on the Strip and uh, and all the all the great people that we run into all the time here. So Yes. Well, once again, thank you, Jay. If uh, you want to find Jay and or you're having difficulties finding Jay, I'm going to tag him in all of the posts today. So be sure to follow him on uh, Liquor Donuts and his also personal uh, IG page. It's just J.Jolly. J.Jolly. And... Yeah. Um, 
yeah aside from that i mean i have a lot of questions i know you're a busy man i want to i want to delve more into your personal life but we'll save that for maybe a part two one day maybe Maybe we yeah maybe we could uh (laughs) after the event is over maybe we could sit down and talk about some more stuff if you're cool with that after january 10th so thank you again um and shout out to everybody listening once again you are the who and how club i am the who and how club we are the who and how club we're the who's and how's of the world i've been uh talking with jay jolie and we're at 211 gary today and uh we'll see you guys next uh in the next two weeks for january 10th who are you part two i'll touch base with you guys next week thanks one cheers